Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, family. How are we doing? We okay? Man, what an incredible day it is. Thank you guys so much for being here. Man, was this, was this a band not incredible this morning? Were they just outstanding, man? Outstanding. Thank you guys so much. Well, welcome to Victory Family Church here in Newcastle. If you're a guest with us, man, thanks for being here in this season. It's a special time, uh, I think, for the church at large, man. We're uh, a special time. We come and we recognize that the risen Savior was born. And so, so thankful that you get to share that with us here uh, today. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here. And again, just honored that you are here. Uh, maybe you're here with your kiddo or whatever that is, but you are welcome. And, and I hope you feel welcome while you were here uh, today. I do have a couple things I want to make sure you guys know that hopefully one of these was in your chair when you walked in. This is our Jesus birthday offering. We do this every single year. And so just so you're really clear, if you'll flip that over on the back, you'll see all these different mission organizations that we regularly, you regularly contribute to. And so what happens is all of today's offering, 100% from every single campus and the offering at our Christmas Eve experiences all go to these causes. And so uh, today you might kind of pray through that and kind of decide what it is at the end. We have our offering at the end of the experience what you're going to give towards those. But man, it's always fun. And we'll give report on, on all the numbers that uh, we raise together as corporately through uh, four different campuses. Want to make sure and direct your attention to the Christmas Eve experiences that are coming up this week, man. What a full week we will have. Friday, we have two experiences. And then Saturday, we have three experiences. And then we're just online on Sunday. Here's the thing. Y'all voted. I sent a survey to you. You did this. You voted. And so uh, we are, and then we'll actually won't come back till January 8th altogether. We'll have a couple online experiences uh, this next couple weeks. But let's get into it. Christmas is basically here. You guys okay with that? Like, are you nervous? Like, are you okay? Like, Christmas is right here. How many guys would say that on occasion you get a bit overwhelmed with the Christmas season? Like, just last night, man, I was just looking around, and here's my overwhelming feeling. There's a couple things. One, it just happens so fast. Like, I feel like there's so much work that goes into building up for Christmas, and I just was looking around at all the lights that we put up at our house, and I thought, those things got to come down. Like, in a couple weeks, they're coming back. I may just leave them up this year. If y'all do it with me, I won't feel as bad. And so it's so much work. It just feels overwhelming sometimes. Or how about gift giving, man? It gets a bit overwhelming, right? So some of you parents of, uh, of young people, uh, it, it's still a blast. I love it, but it feels a little overwhelming. Let me tell you what gets harder. You, older people, us, like us buying gifts for old, like, do you even do it? Like, how do you even decide? Like me and my sister, like, we have to have this conversation. Like, are we doing this? Like, we got to decide if we're doing it because here's the thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it's normal for humans. You want to match that gift, right? You want to match that gift. And so last year, uh, Julie's sister actually got us, uh, their, uh, fa- they have a favorite restaurant in Norman. And th- we knew that. So we got them a gift card to that restaurant. I feel like that's useful gift. Like, man, we could get them something they're going to really appreciate. They're going to use it. Well, it comes time to open gifts. And guess what? They got us a gift card from the same restaurant, which is cool. We just exchanged gift cards. Let me tell you what I'm thinking for the next hour. How much did they put on their gift card? Like, what if theirs is way more than we got them? The Lord was good to us. It was the exact same amount. And so it worked out. But it's overwhelming. I don't know about for you, but maybe in this season, man, you just feel maybe more overwhelmed than usual. How many guys, mom and dad, are overwhelmed a little bit? That elf on the shelf, you overwhelmed? That's on you. That's not my problem. That was you did that to yourself. 
Well, today, I actually want to spend a little bit of time talking about the mother of Jesus. How many of you moms know what it's like to be introduced like that? You're the mother of somebody, right? So that's Julie. I mean, Julie is, uh, you know who Julie Porter is? No, no, no. That, that's Paul and Timothy's mom. Oh, yeah, a good friend of mine. I know her. I for sure know her. If you got your Bibles, open them up. Open up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Oh, we'll start at verse 26, and then we'll read through 38. But it says this in verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how? How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, even in her old age, has conceived a son, and it is in the sixth month with her, was called, which she was called barren. For nothing, though, will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be a, me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the Bible just told us that Mary found favor. But just a sentence later said she was greatly troubled. So why would she be troubled in finding actual favor with God? I don't know. Maybe she had a glimpse of what we know as the Old Testament today. Like maybe she knew that Moses found favor with God, but he actually never entered into the promised land. Or maybe she knew the story of David and knew that he found favor, but also knew that he spent a lot of his life living in a cave. Or maybe she knew the story of Joseph, who had found favor, but actually got sold into slavery and then went to jail. Like she might have been thinking, okay, I found favor here, but I know historically favor comes with a great cost. You see, favor for a lot of us, a lot of times can be overwhelming. What did favor bring her? It brought her an unmarried pregnancy. That's what favor brought Mary. I mean, does that feel like favor, especially in that culture? Travel some 80 miles, nine months pregnant on a donkey. Does that sound like favor, ladies? Does that sound like favor to you? Now, once the baby's born, now flee with that baby, who is the son of God. Flee with him because the king wants to kill your baby. Come on, she's highly favored, right? I mean, don't we all pray for favor? Like, don't we want that? Like, don't we all want favor? Because most of us think favor means more money, right? That's what we think. We think it means more money. But favor typically means more money becomes more problems. Biggie taught you that, the great theologian Biggie. You know that, right? Even he knew that. Like, we think sometimes favor means a promotion. Now you're in charge of people. I don't know if that's favor. You ever went from being a coworker to a boss with somebody? Favor from God isn't always what we think it is. It's not easy, but it's always worth it. And oftentimes, the favor of God is overwhelming. Because you see, though, Mary also knew 
that Moses set an entire nation free from slavery. She also would have known that David led God's people as king, that that Joseph saved many nations from famine because he's storing up the resources that was built on a prophecy from God. Here's the truth. I personally, I can't complain about the favor that I've found in my own life with God. But if I'm honest, sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming, the favor that we even have on this church. We're not even four years old, and it would appear the favor of God is on this house. But at times, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but it's always worth it. The reality is we've seen tons of people get saved. We see people week in and week out grow in their faith. It's certainly worth it. Leadership, even in your own life or at your own job, it may be feeling overwhelming to you right now, but it's always, always worth it. Raising kids, mom and dad, raising kids in an increasingly godless society, man, it can be overwhelming, amen? But it's always worth it. And just remember, the favor of God is never for your glory. I think we got to make sure we get a hold of that. The favor of God is never for our glory. It's all for his glory. So how do we do this? How do we walk in the favor of God and not become overwhelmed? Well, first of all, we have to learn to walk with humility. We have to learn to walk with humility. Let's look back at Luke chapter 1, verse 29. Listen to what Mary does. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? There's a lot going on here, right, angel? I mean, can you imagine the insecurities that have to be flooding her mind. Like she was troubled. She was clearly afraid. The angel just told her, guess what? You're about to raise the savior of the world. Like why me? Like don't you imagine her thinking, I'm poor. Like I'm young. I'm nobody. There, listen, there had been an expectation of a savior for years. Mary would have known that. Mary was anticipating that God was sending a savior. I don't think she was anticipating that it was gonna come through her. Like, can you imagine the feeling that she might have had? Everyone is anticipating this Savior. They thought he would come from a king or a castle or tremendous wealth, power, and influence. She's none of that. So she had to be thinking, why? Like, why would you pick me? Here's the beauty of it. That's exactly where God wants us to be. That's the posture I believe God wants us to be when he pours his favor out on us. Those who know they don't deserve it. Those that understand, I didn't earn this. The blessings that I have in my life, I'm certain I didn't earn this. It's those, it's those with every ounce of favor. Is be, they understand, but every ounce they have is because the goodness of God. Mary is an incredible example of humility, right? And she's young, right? We say all the time, young people are entitled. Is that right? Uh, over 30, say amen. Amen, is that right? That's right, right? You know who else is entitled? Middle-aged people, old people. Like we're all entitled. Like all of us are entitled at some point. We're just entitled for different reasons. I'm entitled because I deserve this. I am entitled because I worked hard for this. I earned this, right? I put in my time. Therefore, I'm entitled to something. We began struggling with favor 
I think oftentimes because entitlement and pride just kind of creeps into our lives and it becomes all about us. Therein's when I get overwhelmed. Listen, when the church gets overwhelming to me, it's when I think I'm in charge. It's when I think I'm calling the shots here. Mary battled being overwhelmed with her extreme humility because she knew she did not deserve the favor of God. You don't. You don't deserve the favor of God. I don't deserve the favor of God. And I don't think we should forget that. I think it's something you ought to walk with all the time, knowing that we're not deserved. The only thing we really deserve is hell. Like that's it. Like the Bible says, for wages of sin is death. So wages, that's something we earn, right? Understand that. We understand that in our society, if I work eight hours, I expect to be paid for eight hours. That's what I earned. Well, the scripture says the work you've put in, what you earn, your wages is actually death. That's what our wages would actually gain us. And I just think that's, and again, I'm not trying to beat people up, but I think that's a great baseline that you and I ought to live by. Like I ought to understand when I wake up in the morning, thank God he saved me because I know what my wages would earn me. Like I know what was coming my way. Like I understand the wrath of God was coming for me, but Jesus stepped in and took that away. Like, I think it's a good baseline for us to be able to walk in. Because if you'll walk in that baseline, think about how much easier humility is. Like, if you understand you didn't earn anything, that you're not owed anything, man, that's when you can walk in humility. It's hard for me to be humble when I see how talented I am in an area. It's hard to be humble when you see how hard you worked for something and you earned it. And especially, this is what gets tricky, when you see other people who didn't. And you put in the work. But a baseline would be that we understand we didn't earn this. And everything I have is because of God. You will never be overwhelmed with the favor of God if we live and walk with humility. And then we have to live by the Spirit. We have to live by the Spirit. Look at verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her. Here it is. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. How is this possible? Almost everything God calls us to do seems impossible. The angel told her, the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. What does that mean? What does it mean to be overshadowed? The truth is, we usually don't like that. We usually don't like somebody overshadowing us at all, right? But, but the, the Greek word here of overshadow actually is to envelop Enveloped with a cloud around us. It's actually the same exact Greek word that Jesus, when Jesus took his disciples up on the mountain, you might remember. And the Bible said a, a cloud appeared and covered them and then God spoke. That's what it means. That's what it means to be overshadowed. Two things that we get when we're overshadowed. The spirit of God is all over us. When you're overshadowed, the spirit of God is all over you. And then the second thing, nobody notices you anymore. Once the Spirit of God overshadows you, like nobody recognizes you anymore because I'm not walking in my own power. I'm not thinking in my own power and I'm not fighting in my own power. It's all because of him. It's all about him. It's always been about him. It's in him because it's all about him, right? We merely hide in the shadows. Nothing is ever about us. And that's difficult because we live in a world that is consumed by likes, comments, shares, accolades, recognitions. But followers of Christ, you and I, we are called to decrease so our God may increase. Beth Moore recently actually tweeted this quote. I thought it was really good. She says this, humans were not fashioned by God for celebrity. Like, that's not why they were made. We can't take it. 
I'm telling you, it's too much to be greatly adored or greatly abhorred. Either one is crazy making and both attend celebrity. A lot of celebrities crash, but every one of them crack. We're craving our own public breakdown. If God lends you an audience for the gospel and mind you, it will just be lent, not kept for keep your head down. Keep mature people around you who can tell you when you're an idiot. Prepare to be humbled constantly and submit to it. And do not, I say again, do not make crowds your God. It's idolatry. Don't clamor for big numbers. Don't kid yourself that bigger is better for the sake of the gospel. That's bull. We do the lifting up of Jesus. God does the drawing. Just serve as faithfully as you know how. Repent regularly, ride the waves, and long for the shore. Nobody gets out unbloodied. Cling to your healer. Know when you need stitching up. Don't crave what will kill your character. If God entrusts you with a crowd, refuse to play to it. That's what sucks a once faithful servant into sucks a faithful servant into a crazy making quicksand of celebrity syndrome. We are designed, you and I are designed to bring glory to God and never ourselves. That's the way you're designed. We're never the hero. Like we're never the, even when you study the Bible, can, can I just shoot straight with you this morning? The Bible is not your roadmap to life. Like that's not what the Bible is. The Bible is not about you on a level. It's not about me on a level. Well, I thought I was David. I thought I was David fighting these giants in my life. No, you're not. You're not David. Jesus is the greater David fighting your giants on your behalf. He's the one that's going to fight your giant. Well, I thought I was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, they also point to Jesus. You can find yourself oftentimes in the Bible. Just make sure you're not picking the hero. Jesus is always the hero of every story. He's the central figure in every book of the Bible. Everything in the Old Testament is about Jesus. Everything in the New Testament is about Jesus. And then sometimes people say this, I exist to make Jesus famous. Maybe, but it seems a bit narcissistic to me, really. Like he's the central figure of the best-selling book of all times. Like he's literally the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And, you're, and, and if you're not even a follower of Jesus, like you know him too because you use his name as a cuss word. Like his name is known everywhere, right? He doesn't need you to make him famous. He allows you, allows me to be a part of history. So maybe, maybe you would be feeling overwhelmed because you're trying to carry things on your own that you were never meant to carry on your own at all. Or maybe you've changed the roles and you've made yourself the central character and instead allowing Jesus to overshadow you. Yes, you're called to work and work hard, but he is our provider. Yes, absolutely do everything you can. I'm going to do everything I can to raise my kids well. But at the end of the day, they're not my kids, they're his. Your family may be walking through a tough loss right now, and you think you're the one that's got to keep it together and comfort everyone else. Don't forget, he's literally your comforter. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Listen, I'm not in charge of this church. He is. So the more I let the Holy Spirit lead, the less overwhelmed I will become. So are you overwhelmed with the weight of caring? Well, then let the Holy Spirit overshadow you. Every one of us should fight for the Holy Spirit of God to overshadow us. We have to learn to walk in the humility and by the Spirit as you did. And then finally, through surrender. Through surrender. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me just what your word says. That's all I want to do. I just want to be what you want me to be. And then the angel departed from her. Mary considered the wait. She knew what people were going to think. She understood what people are going to say about her. She knew that, that Joseph could leave. There was so much outside of her control, and yet she says yes. Outside of her control, outside of like my control, like that's difficult for many of us, amen? Like it just is. Like how many control freaks out there? Can we be honest this morning? How many got a little control? I feel like I'm a recovering control freak addict a little bit. Like I'm, I'm trying to do better. But listen to me. If you said yes to Jesus, I don't know if someone tricked you or not. Let me tell you what you did. You said yes to never be in control again. That's what you signed up for. That's what I signed up for. If I said yes to Jesus, it was more than those 20 words you prayed. What you actually did was gave up complete surrender and control of your life, which may feel terrifying to some people. But if you understand, it's actually a really, really good thing. Because who would you rather have in control? Who would I rather have in control? Me, knowing how dumb I am sometimes? Or the God of the universe controlling my life? How many of you guys ever lost your keys before? You lost your keys? And you want to rule your life and you can't find your car keys? It doesn't make any sense. Are there things that you are, are, are maybe struggling to kind of control in this Christmas season? It, it, as incredible as Christmas is, and I love it, I think it sometimes exposes some things in us. Everybody's coming to the house. You got to plan all this stuff to happen at the exact time. That kid's going to get up at 3 a.m. You've got to try to figure out, divert. What are you going to do? Send him back to bed? Like there's so many things that you have to feel like you have to control. Family drama, heartaches, loss. Just talking to our campus pastor from Chickasha, David. David lost his mom this week. It's brand new for him. And I can just say as a pastor, like it's different. Like he's been in the shoes of the pastor so many times. Now he's the one that needs prayed for. He's the one that needs ministered to. But he still has got this mentality. I'm the pastor of the family. And I'm talking to him about this. Like this idea, I've got to control this. Like you can't. You just got to let God have control. Surrender those things to God and say yes to what's directly in front of you. Church, listen to me. You and I, we have found favor with God. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Let's learn from Mary. How is it that we walk in humility? And how do we walk by the Spirit of God? And that we are walking completely surrendered to Him. Amen? Let me pray for us this morning. Father God, that's our prayer. God, that we would learn from your servant, from your daughter, Mary. God, teach us humility. And God, I don't know that that exercise is to think about how bad we are, but it's more to think about how good you are. God, you are so good. You are so much better than anything this life has for us. And so help me, help us to dwell on your goodness. And then somehow, even supernaturally, that would humble us. God, we do pray that your Holy Spirit would overshadow us God, I think I can pray for this entire crowd here today. God, that we want people to see you. God, that just like John, we would ultimately disappear as Mary even approaches this. God, it's not about her. She knows that. Help us to realize, God, it's about you and only you. God, help us to surrender everything to you. Even if we've walked with you for years, maybe we're clinging to things that we want to control. 
God, I believe it's a trust issue. God, help us to trust you more. God, help me to trust you more that I would fully surrender the things that you've placed in my hands to give right back to you. So just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let me ask you a couple of things. Number one, maybe you would say that you walk with the Lord, but, but you just feel like this week, just for whatever reason, like you feel like you're holding on to some things that you need to let go of and just let God kind of control. If that's you, we you slip up your hand? Yeah, your hand's all over him. And there's a few things I got, just in your own way, just quietly to yourself, just ask the Lord, Lord, do you take these? God, I surrender these to you. Just take them away. You take back control. I trust you. I think it'd be a good exercise. Just tell him you trust him. God, I trust you. I trust you. I don't understand what's going on in this area of my life, but I trust you. I trust you. Or maybe you would say this. Maybe you are here, Miller, because it's Christmas season. Let me first say, I'm unbelievably thrilled that you were in this place. If you don't know the Lord, I am so thrilled that you were here. But surrender comes when you surrender your life to him. Wholeness comes when you surrender your life to him. Completeness comes when you surrender your life to him. Many of you have been waiting for other things in this world to complete you. Maybe a husband or a wife or a child. Those are all incredible blessings that God has given you, but they will never complete you. Completeness only happens with a total surrender to God. And so the Bible says that he came and he lived. And we, 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 we remember that he was born in a manger. We talk about this this season, but do not forget he grew up and he went to the cross on your behalf because of the wages where sin were death. So he took that for you and he loves you and he longs to be your Lord. If that's you today, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, but today, man, I wanna, I wanna receive him as my Savior. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. Just going just to pray for you. Really simple. And today's it, man. Yeah. Today's my day. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for saving me. I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I need a Savior. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.